Hello and welcome to Political Traction. I'm your host, Amanda Galbraith. We're almost at the end of the election campaign and it's shaping up to be a horse race. But one party is gaining traction and it's not who you think. Dismissed as a fringe group full of crazies and anti-vaxxers, the People's Party of Canada, led by former Conservative Minister and Leadership Candidate Maxime Bernier, is on the rise. And they could play spoiler in key ridings and potentially decide our next PM. So what's the real deal behind this political shift? Camping guru Jenny Byrne joined us this week to break it all down. She cut her political teeth with the Reform Party over 20 years ago and is one of the architects behind Prime Minister Stephen Harper's majority government run. She's been banging the drums that the PPC will be a factor this campaign for weeks. Let's find out what's really happening on the ground. This is Political Traction. Ms. Jenny Byrne, you are back on the podcast and uh, listeners, I have not seen Jenny in a million trillion years, so um, it's wonderful to see your face. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Uh, you know, other than my life is a bit of a disastrous week between I have a flood in the condo. I have a dog that's going to the emergency. It's just it's a nightmare, but that's OK, because a bigger nightmare was the debate last night in the election campaign. So I'm I'm paying attention <laughs> to that instead. Um, I have you on because you have been. Well, you're brilliant, but also you have been sort of uh, ringing a bell about the PPC, the People's Party of Canada, for a while. And I think it is a huge media narrative that um, people are ignoring and a big factor in the selection campaign we're not talking enough about. Um, but before we get into that, uh, just because the debate, the English, the only English debate was last night and it has been roundly criticized. But just quickly, uh, what was your take on the format, the leaders uh, and how you think it went? Well, the format wasn't conducive to actually have a real debate. Uh, I think that uh, uh, the moderator set the tone really early uh, and it was almost a hostile, um, a hostile tone um, that, that she took. There was, there was a lot of times the moderator and then they had media come up and actually ask questions uh, throughout the course of the debate. I think there were five, five members of the gallery uh, that came and asked questions. And in a lot of cases, they'd ask a question of a leader and instead of opening it up for debate, they would actually correct the leader or ask a follow-up question. And so uh, it was a cross between uh, kind of an ed board, a hostile press conference, and uh, uh, then basically uh, a little bit of debate here and there. But I think that the takeaway from it was, uh, um, I, I don't think the average person would have watched, especially when you had a tennis match on, you had the Jays playing. And um, I, I just think that it was probably a big, probably a big nothing burger, but I guess we'll see kind of in the next few days. Yeah, I, we actually, I, I had dinner, so I didn't watch it live. I've PVR'd it. So I've watched about half of it this morning. Uh, I, I was also taken a bit aback by the, like I get moderating. It's the worst job, right? To moderate a debate. Like you wouldn't, yeah. I mean, I think you're signing up to be just roundly criticized by the entire country. But yeah, the tone was to me overly aggressive. I don't think they breathed enough. Like, I want them to mix it up. I don't care if yes. they, like, that's what we need a couple minutes of that, right? And if sure, if they're talking over each other, they'll find their feet. Um, but it just seemed like they were unwilling to allow that to happen. Um, what did you make of, of, again, only watching the first hour, but I felt like Aaron O'Toole kind of came across as reasonably calm. He didn't seem scary. I liked how he addressed the, we need to earn people's trust back with climate change. Did you, how did you think of his performance? I thought he did. I thought he did. Uh, I thought he did really well. I think uh, 
uh, you couldn't have asked for anything better. I think that uh, it came across as calm, collected. The 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 prime minister came across uh, very um, uh, angry and very yeah. scattered. Uh, it was a format that was definitely against uh, incumbents, and he also drew the short straw by having the podium in the middle. Um, uh, so I I think I think Aaron by far came across the best. Now, unfortunately for him hopefully the format will not uh will not overshadow the actual kind of performance of uh of of him and the other leaders for good and for bad so actually it's interesting you say that because i just came off doing an interview and it was like i don't want to debate the format and everybody just debated the format i was the only one that was like i agree about the format but here are the things i thought about the leaders um Anyway, but I want to talk PPC because I agree with you. I don't really think maybe the debate matters a little bit, but I actually think this is a way bigger factor. So the last election we had, the PPC was kicking around. I think they got 1.6% of the vote. Um, Right now they're polling at 11%. If you believe, I mean, that's the high end of some of the numbers they're getting. Uh, Interestingly, in particular under 35s, they're like very much in the hunt in the high teens, um, higher than the NDP or, or like close to the NDP. Nobody's talking about this, like maybe a little bit right now, but nobody is talking about this. You've been talking about this, this entire campaign. So what do you think is happening with the PPC? Well, there's something happening. It's it's something uh, it's something organic. It's not like the last election. They weren't a factor in the last last election. But if you look at at this election, not just the polls, uh, but if you actually look on the ground, I've I've been door knocking and I speak to people across the country in terms of what they're seeing. And the PPC presence is a real thing. There's there in some ridings, uh, I'm told there's more purple signs than there are uh, blue signs. Uh, I've driven through about ten ridings in the last uh, in the last uh, five or six days. And uh, these aren't signs on the side of the road, they're lawn signs, which is for when you're looking at local campaigns, that's a big deal. If someone's willing to put a sign on their lawn, they're more apt, they're they're fully committed. They're more apt to not just support you, they're more apt to go and actually actually vote. And so there's something going on. And and I think that uh, a lot of the media think that it's a group of anti-vaxxers that 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 are coalescing around uh, uh, Max and the PPC. And it's it's not that there. If you look at the events he had last uh, uh, last weekend in Manitoba and uh, British Columbia, uh, they were very I, I described them as radically normal people. And uh, <laughs> and there were thousands out. He, he Max spoke to in one day in Manitoba. I think he spoke to more people face to face or in person. Um, than what all the other party leaders have combined for the for the the entire campaign, and so there has to be something. There has to be something there. It's not just a an anomaly that that, that I'm hearing from you know Atlantic Canada to Ontario to to Alberta and British Columbia that that their their candidates are hearing about support on the doors. Yeah, and because I'm in Prince Edward County like half the time, and I've seen the same thing. Right, there are PPC signs all over the place. There are actual like we we're doing a lot of work with local tradespeople and, you know, business people there. And um, they're very open about like, and they're like, lo- like, honestly, radically normal, like lovely people, some of whom are like, like they've become friends of ours and are very clearly PPC people. And they're not, they're not lunatics running around like pitching gravel. It, that, that's an element, obviously, but I think you could argue there's radicalism in a lot of parties. Um, they're they're just seeing people that are like pissed with government and feel like it's not representative of them and are interested in kicking the tires of something that's that's different um so who do you think the media narrative is these are crazy anti-lockdown like fringe trump-esque elements who do you actually think makes up this 11 percent 
a theory that's saying it's that high of people. Yeah. Well, it, Nano's Nano's numbers today came out and had them at five percent nationally, and so um, uh, Nano's Nano's is is his polling, I believe, is open ended. So he doesn't he doesn't do a list of do you support the Liberals? Do you support it's it's people prompt and say I support the People's Party. So so the fact that it's at five percent uh, nationally, I think I think there are some people that are anti vaccination it, I, I would say probably more anti-vax passport i think there are a lot of people that are are vaccinated but are squeamish about having a passport to travel within provinces or to go into restaurants there's certain polling that show 31 percent of people are against uh passports in ontario and out of that 16 percent are like vehemently um opposed to it uh, i think there's also an element of none of the above i think that uh aaron's style and campaign is he's 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 hugging the liberals. There's a lot of there, there's not a lot of contrast positioning between Aaron and uh, and Trudeau. Uh, Childcare seems to be right now the only contrast that 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 there that there is. And so I think that if you're someone that is looking for something different, um, uh, you know, the People's Party offers that uh, option. And you were fam- like you were a reformer, like a real reformer, like back 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 <laughs> in the day. Uh, on the buses, like going around, you know, people called reformers, knuckle dragging, you know, troglodytes, all that kind of stuff. Do you see any parallels there? Well, I think it's, I think when, when there's, there's no option for when, when parties lose, when there's, when Canadians feel there's no option, um, they're, they're looking for one and, and that's what they're seeing with the, with the people's party. And I think that, um, I, the parallels will be, it's, 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 it's a new party. We'll see if, We'll see what they do this. We'll, we'll see what they do this election, and and if they can replicate it in subsequent uh, in subsequent elections. They, they, they're going to add this. This election is is so much more than just the national polls. There's so much. Um, uh, there's so much that's happening. A riding by riding. That's why I would love. Uh, to see some riding poll polls. I'm, I'm, I'm every pollster I know. I'm throwing that out there. Can we see some riding polls? Can we see some uh, regional polls? Because not only do you have the PPC that's rising, and I think that it, they disproportionately they they do take. There are some people that have never voted. You've got some people that voted green. Uh, I think it's disproportionately people that have voted conservative uh, in the past. Um, but you also have the green factor. There's 85 ridings where the greens are not running uh, a candidate in in this election. Uh, not only have their polling numbers dropped anywhere between four and five percent nationally from the last election, they're they're also not running candidates in ridings that are. Um, extremely competitive. So, for example, uh, there are four ridings in the Lower Mainland where the Conservatives won by anywhere from two to like 0.9 percent. Uh, and in those ridings, uh, the Green Party did fairly well in the last election, and they're not running uh, candidates. So, Port Moody, Coquitlam, um, I, you know, there's there's several Clover, uh, Cloverdale, uh, Langley, Cloverdale City. So, so these it's it's not just the People's Party that's going to be a weird dynamic on the ground that pollsters aren't catching. I think there's going to be the Green Party dynamic, um, the Green Party dynamic as well. And I think that uh, I think that that could benefit. Like if the Liberals are going to be saved in this for calling a very unnecessary election, it might be in these bizarre splits that are happening uh, on the ground. You mentioned the deliberate choice by the O'Toole campaign to track left, right? I mean, I think I was amongst those whose eyebrows went up when I saw that Globe piece by Ibbotson this week with the headline, like he's the most liberal conservative leader we've ever had. And I was yes. like, okay. <laughs> it's like, yes. all right, then we're not even pretending. <laughs> we're, yeah. not, we're not, I mean, and I get it. It's an electoral strategy. Maybe it will work. Um, I am, I, I'm I'm inter- I'm intrigued. Um, I am suspicious. Uh, probably a little bit like you. I think conservative mm-hmm. leaders 
work when they run conservative campaigns yes. um, <laughs> and show some some delineation. Uh, but who knows? Like lots of smart people are in there seeing more stuff than than I am seeing. Um, but you know, Harper was able to hold together this broad coalition, right? Of like the Quebec piece, he had these whatever this PPC element. You know, they were kind of in the tent. Um, they had folks like me, who I am kind of on the left end of the party, right? I'm I'm a, I'm a red Tory or whatever you want to call me. Um, what do you make of the decision just to say, like, frankly, like, fuck it, I'm not going to, I don't need to build that big coalition. I'm just going to track left. Well, listen, it, I, I'm kind of the same as you, like my, I, I've, I have been publicly uh, critical of decisions to, for example, bring in a carbon tax. I, I, uh, it's, it's, I, I know the, the spin back of, about carbon pricing. So I think that, that we'll see if it, we'll see if it works. I'm, I'm kind of with you. Conservatives win when we're, we actually run as conservatives. And one of Stephen Harper's biggest legacies will be not just uniting the party, building a movement, building a, a mainstream political party, but also governing for 10 years. So it's, it's when sometimes people talk about, oh, we need a modern conservative movement. Well, the modern conservative movement has, has, has governed uh, more than any other party in the last yeah, we did okay you years. all forget about it but we did okay we, for a we long did, time we did we did well and so i guess we'll see in the next nine days whether uh whether it works or not but i think that there is an element to to people that are looking at the ppc if you are a fiscal conservative if if you're sitting in the suburbs and you're worried you're watching your groceries grocery prices go up you're w- watching your meat and and produce and you go to buy a used car and it's like record levels of uh of costing people are bidding on used cars um, across the country. Um, I think that you're worried about the high levels of debt that we, we have. And I think that, um, the fact that, you know, the spending in the conservative platform is more, uh, than what the spending in the liberal platform, uh, is, is something that kind of raises, uh, uh, raises eyebrows among people that, that would traditionally be looking at a option of, of some form of fiscal restraint. Uh, why do you think the media aren't talking about the PPC more? Well, I think it's probably, I think there's, 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 I think it's twofold and, and I don't know, but um, I think that, that there are some members of the media that don't realize organically what's happened. They don't realize the level of support that PPC seems to be getting um, on the ground in, in ridings. And I think that there's an element that think that uh, the PPC are all a bunch of anti-vaxxers who are, you know, out protesting the, uh, protesting the, the, the prime minister. And, and that's just not the case. So I think that that the media, I think, feel that they don't want to legitimize it. We've I've talked about this with other friends, but my feeling is it's not the media's job. If if you're having a party leader that's uh, running, uh, I, I've looked at 313 candidates in uh, 313 out of 338 candidates, more so than the Green Party, more so than Enemy Paul, um, uh, and he's getting crowds of of thousands of people out. Uh, I believe it's their their job to co- to cover to cover that. Yeah, I I think so too, and I, I think. I mean, they may even, PPC may even benefit to a certain extent from less, like from less focus of the national media, right? They're able to sort of operate unchecked to a certain degree. Um, and they're able to say, Hey, look, those guys are ignoring us. They're not paying attention to us. Um, you know, rebel media, whatever, blah, 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 who have, I think very sophisticated ways of growing audiences and targeting people and that kind of stuff. Um, you've worked in government with, with Maxine Bernier. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I never worked for him, but I worked in ministries where my minister uh, dealt with him <laughs> quite a bit. Uh, um, what what do you think would happen if because he hasn't he wasn't on the debate stage, right? I mean, Annie Paul was there, and we just mentioned how she's like way less of a factor this election campaign than, yeah. than she could have been, and that's a whole other probably podcast. Um, arguably, Bernie should have been there, given how he's polling and given the factor that he will be. What do you think would happen if 
we put the spotlight on Max Bernier and all of a sudden he came out to be his, you know, king of the Bosey self across Canada. What would that look like? <laughs> um, I think that uh, I, I went back and forth on this. I originally thought that uh, it was uh, it was Max would have benefited from being on stage. I actually think uh, I've come around to the to the way of thinking that uh, he actually benefits from not being on stage. I think that the myth of Maxime Bernier is better for his campaign than than actual uh, Max himself. And so um, I think that the PPC benefited. He can keep his outsider status and he had. Uh, zero attention put on uh, uh, put on him for the campaign, so people can more look at the PPC as a as an option that it's less about Maxim Bernier and more about the uh, more about the movement. They obviously don't have the vetting that a normal party would have, so we've seen some doozies of. I don't know if you've seen the one candidate. It's my favorite story where he's like a um, he's like an I don't. I, I can't even, I forget the words, but he basically like has a pulse. Like he's a whole following on YouTube about not ejaculating. And that's like a way to <laughs> see this guy. It's like it's this whole deal. Like Max has been out with him at events and that kind of stuff. Um, and you just, and now he's like the media are conspiring to attack me and my movement of non, whatever he calls them. Uh, and he has a hashtag. Um, and then we've seen in the last 24 hours, the PPC have announced that the guy, the riding president who pitched the gravel at the prime minister yeah. has been removed from his position. So we're starting to see them kind of behave a bit like a normal party as opposed to like middle fingers in the air. I don't care if we have, you know, elements of white pride or we don't have elements of, you know, anti like ejaculating people. Um, do you think that's a sign that they're starting to kind of shift to be more ready for prime time or is it still a bit of the wild west out there with these guys? I think it's, well, I think it's a bit of the wild west, but I think as parties mature, I think especially movements like that, um, they eventually start to become a little bit more, um, a more like more professional. They were a party that um, uh, they, they got, you know, 338 riding associations up fairly quick. It was actually fairly impressive that they, they, they had the organization capability for that. Uh, but I think if, you know, if they do well in this election and they kind of survive, if they don't do well in this election, they'll probably kind of go the way of the um, way of the dodo bird. It's just inevitable that, 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 that they'll, st they'll start to try to professionalize different areas of their uh, different areas of their organization. They'll have no choice. It's just as, as organizations, mature political parties are no different than small businesses or, or any other form of volunteer organizations. You're, you're the, 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 if, if they survive and they become bigger, they, they just, by nature become uh, more professional. Again, like we know people on the, on the conservative side and you know, I know like they're working on this campaign and they're not public figures, but are there any like professional political folks that we would know that are kind of rocking around max right now? Or is it, is it just, you know, an interesting conglomerate of, of thinkers? Over there? I think it's an interesting conglomerate. I know max has a group of kind of people that have, have kind of always been around him from his days, his libertarian days at the Montreal Economic Institute. And, and uh, I think that's what it was. Um, uh, but there's no one that I know in terms of like that we would have worked with uh, that I'm aware of in our universe from our past universe that that are that is that is with him. I think probably the most high profile kind of supporter he had would be, has would be Randy Hillier and, and uh, uh, yeah. here in uh, uh, here in Ontario. And I know Randy's daughter is running in Elgin, Middlesex. London. Um, and uh, that's a riding we won by over 50% of the vote. So I think that we're fairly safe there. But I did see like she, I did see someone sent me screenshots of an event she had that didn't include Max, um, where there was hundreds and hundreds of people out. So, um, you know, it'll be an interesting one to, uh, to watch. 
Yeah. And I say, even I laugh at Randy Hillier, but he's actually a huge factor in Eastern Ontario, right? Like he's like a, like very well liked and you know, the reason he's still there. Um, okay. I know we're, we are running out of time because I I'm committed to keeping these short because everybody's busy. <laughs> Uh, before we go, I hate this question, but I'm just going to ask you anyway, uh, any predictions on what you think, uh, well, two, any will happen next with the PPC and what do you think, any predictions for the election campaign? Like, where do you think we're going to end up on the 21st? Well, uh, listen, if you look at the, I, I, I never make election predictions. It it drives people (laughs) nuts. I think if we look at the polls, the way they are, it, it, we could end up, uh, uh, exactly the way we were when we, we started this thing or, or it could be a flip and we kind of end up the way we were, but with the conservatives on top as opposed to the liberals. So I, I think it's it's really gonna come down to GOTV and, and organization um, uh, more so than I think any election we've seen um, uh, in, in the recent history. This is this this is gonna come, like if I was running the campaign, it would be riding by riding by riding by riding kind of yeah. thing. Um, as for the PPC, we'll see. They they are they are lucky that they have, they are the only party that seems to have any momentum. You can tell it's not really a change election because you don't see swaths of people um, you know, charging into campaign offices and looking to donate and get signs and go out and volunteer. The only party that seems to have momentum on that side is is the PPC. So if they do well, then they will end up being a factor, especially if we're back in a minority uh, situation, which it looks like we're going to be. Do you think they'll get a seat? I don't know. I think that's going to be trickier. Um, yeah. uh, although I have heard that um, that he, Max is running in uh, in the Vos, and uh, again, and uh, I have heard that. Uh, uh, there have been polls at polls done that uh, have him only three percent down on us. Uh, it's a conservative held seat, um, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see what that kind of brings. It would it would be a huge uh, feather in his cap, though, if he uh, uh, if he ended up winning the uh, w- winning his seat. It would it would probably change the complete dynamics of what would uh, what would happen in the next election. No kidding. All right. Well, thank you, Jenny, for all that. Um, I will continue to listen to you every morning on the Hurley Burley when I walk Toby, the dog. And uh, (laughs) and um, it was wonderful to see. It was great seeing you, too. Political Traction is powered by Navigator, Canada's leading high stakes public affairs firm. Our show is produced by John Gardner, Simon Bredden and Kimberly Draypack. A very special thank you goes out to this week's guest, Jenny Byrne. If you like this week's episode, please be sure to rate us online wherever you find your podcasts. I'm Amanda Galbraith. We'll see you next Friday.